How many of you just sense the expectancy of what God wants to do in this place? I was up here during worship and literally vibrating, like the presence is just so real, it's just so amazing. And you, and, and you all have, the, God has turned a switch on in this place, man. I mean, you all are, some stuff is happening and it's gonna continue to happen. And so this, this weekend, this to, to, today and tonight, the combination of the idea of what we're gonna be walking through. I, I, told, I told Michael and Jennifer, um, and uh, I, I was just sharing with them that I believe in all my years now of, I started speaking, my first time I spoke, I was 12 years old in a church, so let's do the math a little bit, all right? It's a little bit of years, okay? And I believe that what, we're gonna, what I'm gonna share today is the most powerful combination of ideas that I have ever been able to express. And I know, I know that those that walk out of here tonight with the full idea, your life will never be the same again. And I know that. And I have just kind of, like, as I've been praying over this and praying over this, the Lord has brought intercessors to the point of praying over this service. So I know there's some great things that are about to happen. So can we do this? Just lift your hands. And this is what I want you to do with your eyes closed. I want you to be in agreement with the prayer I'm gonna pray. And I'm gonna pray out of Ephesians chapter one that is something that's so healthy for you to pray over yourself consistently. Father, I pray over this body, all of us here today. Lord, I ask that you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. Give us that ability to see, Lord, what you have Everything that you have bought and paid for us, the exceeding greatness of your power that is towards us. And Lord, everything that you have bought and paid and how you brought Jesus Christ and set him at your own right hand, far above all principalities and powers and mights and dominion, and you made us his body. So therefore, we're seated in that same position of authority. Lord, let us hear with hearing ears. Let lives be changed from this day forward. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. Amen. Grab your Bibles. I do challenge all of you. Worship team, thank you. You all can be seated. I so love the worship here. Uh, Psalms 82 is going to be our text uh, that we're going to build off between, uh, between to, uh, this morning service and then tonight. So you can go to Psalms chapter 82. We're going to go, we're going to talk about some really big ideas. So I do challenge you guys to, uh, to get Whatever form of notes that you, to, that you take, whether it's your phone or iPad or, or written, whatever it is, uh, and, and between this morning and tonight, uh, by, like I said, by the conclusion of tonight, you are going to be walking out of here with a very specific uh, set of skills that are, is going to make you dangerous, okay? And, I'm going, and we're going to walk through it uh, tonight is going to be, um, I, I am a, for you that have heard me speak before, you know I can get a little excited, you know, and I, and, and I still, I know I'm going to, but the first anointing that the Lord actually had me operate in was the anointing of a teacher, and I actually led a Bible school, a Bible, call, a Bible school right out of uh, when I graduated from uh, college, and so this is going to have a lot of teaching components to it, so you need to put your, your student hat on, and be ready to walk through this. And I'm gonna tell you right now, you need to understand, I'm gonna say some things that are gonna make you mad. You're gonna be mad at me at sometimes. You're gonna be really glad sometimes. Because what I'm gonna do is, I'm gonna, I am literally going at every religious, demonic idea, I'm going to the very core of it in this talk. So get ready, you are gonna hear me say things, you're gonna hear me say things that you are gonna go, whoa, whoa. Religion. Just be ready for it, and when it happens, you're going to know that just like, because of the way I was raised, I was raised deep-seated in Holiness Pentecostal. I went from that. I've been in the Baptist circles. I've been in the, well, you talk about two spectrums. I've been in so many different areas, right? And look, listen to me. Religion is Satan's attempt from keep, to keep you from reaching your full impact for God. Religion, right? And we're going to talk about that because the ideas I'm going to share are going to kick against some of those. Now, some of these ideas you are going to hear. The last two times I were here, you're going to, and I spoke. There's some. There's going to be some components to it. 
okay, that you'll hear. So there'll be a little bit of refresher in some of those ideas. I'm doing that for a couple reasons. One is I need you to catch up, right? Those that weren't here, we're going to catch up a little on those ideas. We're going to take it then, and we're going to move forward together, all right? Psalms 82, and starting in verse 1. It says, God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the person of the wicked? Selah, that selah means to stop and think about it. Defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Let's stop here. Who is God talking to right there? Okay, I got two people answering it. Let's start again. God stands where? Where's God standing? In the congregation of what? He is standing in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the Come on, everybody. What does it say? Gods. Okay, who's he talking to right there? Okay, now I got about seven of you. Who is he talking to there? All right, if you're unclear about it, let's go forward. All right, in verse four, it says, deliver the poor and needy, rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither do they understand. They walk in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, you are Okay, louder, please. Gods. Gods, all right? Now, I shared a little bit on this idea when I was here last time, and that's why I want to kind of get everybody up to speed. This word, uh, when Jesus, one of the times Jesus was being stoned by the religious leaders, one of the many times they tried to stone him, it was based around these verses, right? He had said that he was the son of man. He was the, the, the son of God. And they go to stone him for it, and he goes, whoa, 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 time out. Even your own Bible says you are God's, and you're going to stone me over saying I'm the son of God? Religion, religion wants to keep you from understanding who you are. So I know, look, the first time I ever heard a man of God teach from those scriptures, those old religious demonic type teachings started rising up in me. Whoa, 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 is this some new age thing? What do you mean, I'm a God? How dare you say that? How blasphemous. I would have been kicked out of my church growing up saying something like, I am a God. Right? Are you feeling that? You kind of feel that, right? Because what are we bumping up against? We're bumping up against subconscious programming that was laid deep in you in religion that would ever allow you to say about yourself, I am a God. How dare you be blasphemous and say such things? And meanwhile, guys, meanwhile, listen to me. The people outside of the church are needing the church to step up into what it's called to do and called to be. And religion has kept you in this, in this idea of what you are and what God is. And that idea is this. The idea is, is that God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. And he is. I'm totally in agreement with all of that. But he is the God. And we are the little peons here on earth that are so desperate for his salvation and so thankful that he saved us. And we're on our way to heaven, but our life is hell on the way to heaven. And we beg and plead for God. God, would you please intervene in my life? Would you help me pay my bills? Would you help me build my business? Would you help me? Would you help me? Would you help me? Would you help me? And here's where it is. The God, God has the power you do not. That's religion, everybody. And it is not what God is saying in these verses. He says, my job is that I stand in the congregation of the mighty. Which are you? Say it. I am mighty. Say it again. I am mighty. Come on, make this place roar. I am mighty. All right, then he says, I judge among the gods. And then he said, in case any of you are wondering who he's talking to, and I say, you are gods. And then I love that he puts a sila in there, which means you've got to stop and really let that soak in. It is not disrespectful to God to say what he says about, my, about me. In fact, it's required to follow the Lord that you align your thinking with his thinking. In Romans where it says, be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by what? 
the, the renewing of your mind. Now, all of us go to, all of us well-trained holiness Pentecostals, we go right away to the big sins. The big ones, right? The big, 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 big sins. Adultery and fornication and all of those big, we used to have a list to members of things you can't do. There's no bowling, there was no swimming. Anybody, anybody raised like that? Hey, 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 woo! I love to bowl, man. I bowl now every chance I get, right? Bowling, right? It was in the list of things you couldn't do, and there was this monstrous list. It was religion, right? God, listen, listen. God wants us to step into a freedom now of realizing who we are. Because listen, sin is not those big sins. It's not just those big sins. It's every area in your life where your mind does not align with him. Lake of Fire, Revelations, and it starts a list of people who are thrown in there. Do you know who's first on the list? You can look up this later. It really made me go, what? It's the fearful. We're gonna learn, you guys, you're gonna learn so much about fear and what it does, and we're gonna pull all that apart, but it's gonna help you to understand why, right? People are afraid to step into being, to walk as a God on this earth. People are afraid to step in and to say they're mighty, right? But listen, all you're doing is accepting what it is that God has called you to be. He speaks to you and says you are God's, right? So, so let's talk about what God's mean. What does that mean, all right? And what I'm gonna go through here to this morning and tonight, and basically what we're gonna do is we're gonna go as far as I feel comfortable going. I'm not gonna push this too far. And then I'm gonna stop, and then we're just gonna simply pick up tonight. Does that sound okay? So, so this idea of God is the Hebrew word Elohim. Everybody say Elohim. All right, the word Elohim is found in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. It's the creative aspect of God. So when he's saying, you are God's little g, that is the Hebrew word that is creator. So it's actually pretty simple when you put it that way. He said, you are creators. Now let's say that, I am a creator. All right, so here's the big idea we're gonna walk through. I'm gonna walk us through today and in tonight that when you leave tonight, you are gonna have a point-by-point -point sequence of events of how to create in your life. How do I create in my life? If God said you are a creator, if God said that about you, then how is it that I walk out as a creator? I want you to go to 1 John chapter two. 1 John chapter two. And if anything I talk through, you guys have questions, I want you to write it down because tonight, as we're in more of a classroom setting, I'm gonna stop for Q&A all the way through because I want you to fully receive this deposit so that manifestation begins to happen in your life as your pastor has been walking down. So 1 John chapter two. I'm so used to changing in my in my phone now compared to my Bible. It takes me longer to find these things. All right, 1 John chapter 2. Let's go to verse 12. So he says, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you've known him that was from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you've overcome the wicked one. He cycles it again. I write unto you, little children, because you've known the father. I write unto you, fathers, because you've known him that was from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Now, I don't know about you, but I had read that thing probably a thousand times until it jumped out of the pages on, as I was going through this idea of what does it mean to be a creator? If God says I'm a creator, how is that to happen in my life? And I've shared with you the story of when Natalie and I first got married, a couple years into it, he gave me very specific instructions to start my own business. How many of you own your own business in here? Raise your hand. Okay. So <clears throat> I started my own business. I'm in my 20s, and literally nothing's working. I'm broke. We're worse than broke. We got around the dinner table one night, and if we paid our tithes, we would not be able to pay our rent and our bills and have groceries and all that type of stuff. I mean, you know, that's a bad day. 
it's a really bad day. It's really tough. I just got this beautiful French woman to leave her country and come and marry me. And I'm like, man, alive. She must be thinking I'm some chump. I can't even pay the bills. It's just a really bad day, right? So we gather around the dinner table. We're having these conversations. And, and as we're having the conversations, uh, one thing we, we both knew, we are not messing with the tithe. You all, please listen to me. Don't mess with the tithe. It's not yours. It will get you in trouble every time. If you want your financial wills to fall off and stay falling off, mess with the tithe. It's just as clear as can be. So we literally right then deducted the check. We wrote, deducted from the checkbook. That was back when you had checkbooks, all right? All right, you deducted from the checkbook, and, and we wrote out the tithe check. We weren't going to be in church for a couple more days, but we deducted it. We're not messing with it. The next morning, Natalie had a part-time job. She goes off to her job, and I'm left there. There was no work. I'd done everything to try to get work in our company. I had no work that day, so I got on my face, and I laid on my face before the Lord, and I said a prayer that, would, that has changed my life forever and has led up to now 20, it's a little over 20 years, to this day right here of what I'm teaching you, 20 years of God opening up prosperity, God opening up areas in my life that just keep just amazing me. So, so this is what I prayed. I said, Lord, I know you told me to start this business. I know your will is for me to prosper. So I know the problem's not on your end. I know I'm miss, missing it somewhere. Please show me. You all, if you're missing, missing it, don't point your finger at God. Ask him to show you where you're missing it. It will change your life if you do it and you stay seeking because he will show you. And right there in that moment, as soon as I'd finished praying that prayer, I was on my face, I was on my face just laying there praying, seeking the Lord. I come out of my body, and I, there I saw myself. Never, that's the only time I'd ever been able to see my back, except a mirror. I'm looking at myself. I'm like, that's me. And I look around, and I have these angels surrounding me. And there were four of them that I could see in this vision. <clears throat> and they all had the most bored look on their face you could ever imagine. Like, the look on this one particular was like, God, please reassign me from this idiot. This guy does not know what he's doing. I mean, I need to, I want some action. And that's what the Lord showed me. So what did I just pray? I'm like, Lord, this, my business is not working. I know the problem's not on your end. I know I'm missing it. Please show me where I'm missing it. And he shows me bored angels. I come back to, I, you know, I come back into my, like, it just kind of snapped back in. I opened my eyes and I was like, whoa, I know I just saw what I saw. I saw bored angels as an answer to my prayer. He began from that day all the way up to the things he's still teaching me to methodically walk me through the big ideas that have transformed our life from a failed business to now I literally need an accounting department to keep track of how many businesses we have. They always have to tell me, no, we're not at 14 anymore. You're like at some other number, right? Because it's just creating and multiplied around us. We, grow, we are growing so fast, expanding in so many areas, and the Lord just continues to pour it on and pour it on. Ah, that's what you would want me to say. The Lord just keeps pouring it on and pouring it on and pouring it on. Because that's the right religious thing to say. Look, I give him the honor for everything. But what did he tell old boy? What did he tell Bill? You're missing it, son. You're missing it. And you want me to show you where you're missing it? You have bored angels all around you. You are not stepping into your sonship. You are not stepping into your godship. You're asking me to do stuff, and I've already done my stuff. I'm waiting for you to start doing your stuff. I'm going to be very real in this conversation, you all. I'm going to be very, very straight with every one of these pieces. What did that mean to show me bored angels? See, I had been taught that angels, right? So here's God. Here's angels. And Psalm says that he's created us a little lower than the angels, right? That's what the Bible said. That's Old Testament. In the New Testament, in Ephesians, it says that everything, all principalities, every power, every name that is named has been placed under the feet of Jesus and you are his body. Authority changed. Here I am now, son of the most high. That's what he called me, I didn't. That's what he calls me. And he, he, I am so important to him that he's assigned angels for me to get the job done that I'm supposed to get done, and I'm not giving him anything to do. And I keep doing this. God, 
please help me. God, I need work. God, I need my bills paid. And he's like, you are God. You are. My job is to stand in the congregation of the mighty. My job is to judge among the gods. Your job is to go and do it. Ooh, but that doesn't feel comfortable for us religious-wise, right? It feels so good to be able to blame the devil and to blame God. It feels so liberating, doesn't it? You all been in those prayer meetings? God, if it be your will. God, if it be your will, come and bail me out of this mess I'm in. Now look, does God love us? How many of you are feeling some religious stuff? I know you are because I'm feeling the pushback from you all. So let's just go there together. I'm okay kicking. I, I, love, I call them holy cows, the sacred holy cows. And I'm going to kick them and kick them and kick them and hopefully to just destroy them in your life. Because those holy cows have kept you from fulfilling what God wants you to. Listen, there is a time in your spiritual maturity that as little children, what did he say in John? I write unto you little children because your sins have been forgiven. How many are so thankful that Jesus has forgiven our sins? I am so happy about that. Thank you, Jesus, for that. And then he says, I write into you, little children, because you've known the Father. Right? How amazing was it? Jesus was the first person ever to call God Father and to teach us that God is not some mean God up there, but he is your papa. He is your daddy. It's so important to understand that. But do you realize we set up camps in these areas of spiritual maturity and we live there and we're so thankful. We just love to tell our story about how I totally screwed up my life and was in such utter sin and Jesus saved me. Fantastic. There's nothing wrong with that. Always be ready to tell that story. And so grateful, Father, help me. God, you're just, I love you and I'm so thankful for you. And we're just so grateful for our our Father. But we stop and we set up shop there and we sing a whole bunch of songs about that. You're a good, good Father. It's who you are. It's who you are. Awesome song, right? But we set up camp there. And we set up camp around our beloved old sin life. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And smile the whole time you're saying that satanic statement. Satanic statement. Don't you ever say that out of your mouth. Whoa, whoa, you feeling the religious demons a little bit? A little pushback on Bill Walton right there, right there. Just a little bit, right? Why? Why is that a satanic statement? Who are you? Right? So you got the first year gods. But what does the Bible specifically say about your sin? It's gone. And you are now, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, I am now the righteousness of God in Christ. 2 Corinthians. Right? You with me? Y'all with me? So we love to sound so pious and so religious Oh, yes, brother, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And guess what you do? You just keep on sinning. And I'm, gonna t- I'm telling you, by tonight, you're going to understand fully why it is that you are creating the life you live in. You think you're a sinner, so guess what you keep doing? I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Sounds so pious. Demonic words coming out of your mouth. Stop it. Stop it now. Sounds so pious and so religious. Yes, was I a sinner? Does that person exist anymore? Does not exist. The Bible says that that person, old things have become new. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ that lives in me. See, the issue with us and why why we have some of the issues we do is because we are setting up our camp contrary to what God's setting us up. Say it, I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. Let that, let that soak in. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to let that soak in. Because see, here's a lot of the issues that we have. You all have been, you, you are reminded every day by yourself and by, by uh, the enemy about all your past. And some of you are living so much through the filter of your past that you can't see your future. And you're soaking in it, you're living in it, and God says that stuff is gone. He says you are the righteousness of God. And you know what that means? 
Righteousness simply means, you all know, you're well-trained here. You are in right standing with God. He loves you. You know the same voice that he spoke over Jesus when he was baptized in water. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He speaks that over you today. This is my beloved daughter in whom I am so well pleased. But this is you, you're all, like all your past and all of this stuff is like this and you're not able to see who you are. And God's like, I love you so much. I'm calling you forward and you're all captured by your old sin and old past. That day is over today. In Jesus' name. It stops in your life today. I love the way one guy, one, one pastor said it. I'm a new creature with new features. That's who you are. You are a new creature. Yes. Do you have a sin nature that would still love to take over? Yes, but that's not who you are. And when you see yourself the way God sees you, it's powerful. But listen, y'all. That's the first stage of spiritual development. I just gave you baby food right there. That's baby food. That's little children. What's the next stage? And I write into you, young men, because you've overcome the wicked one. How many of you ever had the fun of casting a demon out of somebody? Raise your hand. Raise them up high. All right. Look around you all. Look around. There's there's several of you. Good job. That's fun. It wasn't fun the first time I had to do it, though. I was 18 years old. I mean, just like you talk about spiritually wet behind the ears in every single way. And uh, I am just home for Christmas and get a phone call. This girl's acting, you know, she's a little 12-year-old girl throwing 200-pound men across the room, speaking in men voices, all right? Don't weird out about this. If If you don't understand that there are two sides here, right? <laughs> you, are, you are in a church, right? You know, this stuff does happen. So, so I showed up and cast the demon out of the girl and, and just, boom, it was done like that. And that was my first experience in doing something like that. I've had a couple since then. It's not something that I <clears throat> run into weekly, but if you run into it, you know how to handle it. The Bible says, in my name, you will cast out devils, all right? So I went from when I was just, like I was, we just got started college, so afraid of the devil. I was so afraid of the devil. I'd heard the story of, of, of Smith Wigglesworth where Satan appeared at the foot of his bed and, and, and Smith Wigglesworth woke up and looked at him and goes, oh, it's just you. And he rolled over and went back to sleep. I love that story now. But I just remember going to, I was so scared that the devil's going to show up in my bed. I was utterly in torment over this. Right? Like some people telling some story and I'm freaking out about it. And I know some of you right now, you're going, oh, please don't show up on my bed. Listen, when you mature from a little child to a young man, you're the one who, who, who casts out devils. I don't care. They can't show up whenever they want. You've grown up to a point. How many of you know you have authority in Jesus Christ to take care of business? Right? Now, once again, so just like the little children phase has all of its stuff and people stop and camp there and write good songs and some bad songs, there's all the same thing about the young adult where you now have spiritual authority. How many songs have been written about that? I went to the enemy's camp. That's an old one. And I took back what he stole from me. said I took back what he stole from me. What was the other one, Nat, that you were thinking of today? What was the other one? Break these chains that you guys, I think you guys do that one, right? Break the chains and, I mean, spiritual authority. We write songs about it. And when you got into that place and you realize, man, the devil's under my feet. That's another one. The devil's under my feet. No. Does anybody else know that one? All right. <laughs> Great songs, right, that express this idea. But the idea of being fathers, you don't hear much about it. There's not much out there about what it means to be a father. Because you know where we classify that, where we put that a lot is, well, it just means somebody who's been around the faith for a while. As a father of the faith right there. No, I'm sorry, a father is someone who knows him that was from the beginning. What does that mean? He knows him that was from the beginning. A father, listen, to celebrate Father's Day, you had to have created someone. It's not very deep, right? I remember the day I'd go to church. I didn't have children yet and fathers, and we'd applaud for the fathers and all that stuff. And then we had Mikey, and I get to stand up with all the other fathers. 
This is, the, are you with me, yes or no? Yeah. A father is someone who understands him that was from the beginning, okay? And that means it's someone who knows how to operate in being a creator. So little children, God's my father, my sins are forgiven. Young men, Satan in Jesus' name, get out of my family, get out of my, this place, and you're binding and loosing, got it? A father is someone who knows him that was from the beginning, who knows how to create. So I am asking Pastor Stephanie to write the first song about that spiritual level, because as far as I know, there's not one yet. But it's time for us to start writing them. It's time for us to start operating in them. Amen? Because this is the difference, you all. We get comfortable as little children. We get comfortable as even young adults with Christ. But when you start talking about coming on up here to being a father and being a creator, people are still uncomfortable with it. That day is over. God is calling the church to step up into everything that he has called them to be. Now, him that's from the beginning. And I might have just enough time to really stir up a good hornet's nest and then finish it tonight. Let's go to Genesis chapter one. Him that is from the beginning. What does that mean? There are two areas, there's two areas in the scripture where it talks about in the beginning. Who can tell me where they are, those are at? John and Genesis. All right, so let's go to Genesis chapter one, and we're gonna start in verse one. <clears throat> in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I'm gonna set this up once again. Psalms 82 being our text, when God said, you are creators, First John is saying that it is a spiritual level that he wants us all to walk into. We are now moving into understanding how to operate as a creator. We are going to look at him that was from the beginning. We are going to take lessons from that. And then we are going to mature into beginning to replicate our God, our Father. Are you with me, yes or no? Too long have problems set around you and you pray about them and you pray about them and you pray about them. And God's standing there going, when are you going to do something about this? And I'm going to show you the creative methodology, the creative purpose of changing those areas around your life. First John 1, I'm sorry, Genesis 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, let there be what? Light. Say it again, let there be. Light. And there was. Light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, darkness night, evening and morning was the what day? Okay, guys, this is important. You've got to lock in with me. I know we're getting towards 12, but you've got to get this because this is going to set up for tonight. In the, the evening and the morning were the first day. When did God create light? That wasn't hard. He got it. When did God create light? First day. All right, let's go forward. I want you to go all the way past where he separated the waters. I want you to go past the third day where he brought forth grass and herbs on the planet and all of that type of stuff. Past the third day, and I want us to go to verse 14 that starts the fourth day. Everybody say the fourth day. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven, give light upon the earth, and it was so. And God made two great lights, one to rule the day and the lesser to rule the night, and he made the stars also. When did God create the sun and the stars? What day? You gotta stay with me, guys. Listen, I'm telling you, you gotta grasp this for us to go forward. What day did he create the sun and the stars? What day did he create light? You know for how many years those verses have been used for people to say that the Bible is not accurate, that it's not true, Look, he said he created light on day one. Well, what, what the heck? And then day four, he created the sun and the stars. And they go, see, see, right there. Do you see? Oh, it's just a nice book. It's a great book. It's, you know, it's got some good moral stuff if you follow it. But it's not real. Creation's not real. And that has been one of the biggest areas that they've been able to use. All right, so here we're going to go. I'm going to set this up, and then we're going to go home. I'm going to give you a lot to chew on. 
light, we understand, so in, in 1900, a man by the name of Max Plake uh, uh, came across the idea, or not the idea, but the truth that everything that is in existence at its base level is light. Okay? And they call it, for you taking notes, and please do, they call them quanta. Okay? Q-U-A-N-T-A. This is going to be very important. You're going to get this in a while if you stay with me. So what he realized is literally everything at its base level are packets of energy, are packets of light, okay? Everything. The seat you're moving in, or sitting in, is moving underneath you. Did you know that? How many of you have studied a little bit about these ideas, okay? We know that science is now cap, uh, catching up with it, that at the basis of everything, when you go from the cellular level and then you go down into the atomic level and then you go into the subatomic level, all right, there are, there, at the basis of everything is light, Everything, okay? Now, we're trying to figure out, okay, so what, how does that even make sense, all right? How, what, is, what does that mean? Because we're talking about how God created the heavens and the earth because he's now asking us to create as well. So we need to go back to the beginning and see what he did. What did God do at the foundation of the earth that set creation in motion that I can then come in and operate in those same rules and see things change around me. It starts by understanding. We're scientists, we're science in, in the Bible, people have gotten separated, is that people who are not believers have looked at science and then looked at the Bible through the lens of science and said, oh, see, it wasn't right. He said that he made light on the first day, but then later on says he made the sun and the stars and all of that. He didn't, it's not right. Instead, when you look at science through the eyes of the scriptures, everything comes alive to you. Everything. So in 1900, when this man discovered that everything, everything that, is, that we see, all matter, everything, is made up of packets of energy called quanta, a whole new area of science was opened up called quantum physics. I mean, you heard that term before. All right? How many of you sat in science class in high school or maybe college, and you were like, God, please save me from this class. <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. Let's be honest. If the professor, though, or the teacher would have started it out saying, listen, by the time you're done here, you're going to understand the laws that govern the world you live in, and by that, by your understanding of it, you are going to be able to be more successful in life, by far, would have you paid a little more attention? Yeah. I guarantee it. What quantum physics began to do is unveil that in, in Genesis 1, what everybody said was this inaccuracy was actually the truth of the way God set things up. He at first set light in place. Okay? Now, let's do a little tutorial on light. So I'm, I'm going to go back into your classroom, so bear with me. Light's, light has multiple frequencies to it. Multiple frequencies to it. The your eye, the human eye, can only see 3% of light. Three. The, the ear is only able to hear about 3% of sound. So in light, light has multiple frequencies. All right? And the way it's gauged is by the length of its wave. So please bear with me. I'm going to geek out a little bit on you, but I promise you by tonight you're going to be so thankful that you heard this stuff. The longer the wave, the less energy. Say it with me. The longer the wave, the less energy. This is going to be important, all right? And if there's any science teachers in here, they're going, oh, praise God, science in church should be there, all right? The longer the wave, the less energy. All right, so we start out with, you start out with, we're going to start at the highest of the waves, gamma, right? Have you heard of gamma rays or gamma knives, right? Small, tiny frequency, Okay, but very, very full of energy. Okay, as that energy, as the energy decreases, the waves get longer. So we have microwaves, right? You put your little potato in there, and these, how many of you have ever been able to see there and go, oh, I just saw that? I just saw that microwave. Anybody? 
No, you see the outcome of it, but have you seen, can you with your naked eye see microwaves? No, because why? It's at a different, everybody, it's at a different frequency, okay? And that light goes from the fastest all the way down through what is visible to us. Visible to us is from violet to red, right? So when you are infrared or below red, you can't see. How many of you have heard of infrared? All right? When you are ultraviolet, you're above it, you can't see it. You, you all with me, yes or no? You had no idea this was going to come out in church today. But I'm going to tell you this is a game changer for you when you grasp this. Okay? What they have found is, is that light is at the core of everything. So as the energy is decreased in anything, as the energy goes down, the motion of that is lower. So the stage here has energy in it, yes or no? At its core base, is there light there? Can I see that light? But is it there? And God set that up. Now, you got to stay with me here. Stay with me. And I keep telling you that. You are with me. But this is such a big idea, guys, and I'm just, I've prayed and prayed that you guys grasp this. Here is Einstein's theory. And I'm going to draw this out tonight. We're going to build off of this. Help me with his theory. What is that? E equals MC squared. So let's break it down. What does the E stand for? Energy equals what? Times speed of light squared. His original white paper, the original one he did, he twisted or he changed it. The original white paper he did was M mass equals energy divided by speed of light. It's the, same, it's the same outcome, right? But what he originally wrote his white paper was this. Mass and everything we see is simply an expression of energy. That's what it's there for. The reason why, oh gosh. The reason why I can see that chair is there is enough energy that has brought it to matter. All right, I want you to visualize. M equals energy divided by the speed of light. So matter, physical, this is what's happening here. Remember, what are we learning? We're learning how to? Create. Come on, we're learning how to what? Create. Create. So in the beginning, God, the first thing he did said, Let there be light. Light. Was it sunlight? It was not sunlight. It was a different frequency of light. Thank you. It was a total different frequency of light that all of creation is built upon. Everything is built upon that energy. All of it. So here's what these scientists, what's so amazing is, is these guys dive farther and farther into quantum physics and quantum mechanics. These guys are getting saved. Now, some of them aren't, but a lot of them are realizing, guys, you just can't make this stuff up. That it's so powerful. So here's what they've, this, this is what they've realized. If I have M, matter, or mass, equals energy divided by the speed of light squared, right? Okay, never thought you were gonna hear this at church, right? Okay. Stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. I know you science people, like people that don't like science, you will love this when I'm done. The lower the energy, the lower what would be? If this side's mass, right? If this side's mass equals energy divided by the speed of light squared, if my energy goes down, what's gonna happen with the, with the, mat, the mass, right? It's gonna do what? Right? This isn't hard, guys. I promise you. What's going to happen? If the energy gets lowered, what also gets lowered? Okay, so here's what they found. If you lower something down to what they call zero point. Everybody say zero point. Zero point. When they lower it down to zero point, there is no, it does not, it, there's no matter to it anymore. Most, there's one, one exception of that. But there's nothing. There's nothing there. Except for... Thank you. Light. These electromagnetic waves that they have now found permeate all of existence. Everything. Like a foam throughout space are these electromagnetic waves 
It's called the zero-point field. Write it down because we're going to spend a lot of time. We're going to spend a lot of time on that tonight. The zero-point field. They found that as you lower, so, so stay with me on this, all right? If you take water, for example, it starts at vapor, right? The energy is high in that, and the, the thing's moving all over, right? When they lower the energy, what does it become? Water. Everybody say it. Water. If I lower that energy farther, what does it become? Ice. If you bring that to zero point, there's nothing there except light. And it's in the zero point field. Now, stay with me. When they have calculated the power of the zero point field, so that means when they go into the vacuum of space, right? If you've ever watched a space show or any of that stuff, if someone gets shot out the spaceship, what happens? They don't have a suit on, they're done, right? Because there's nothing out there. What they have found is in, in the vacuum, in this place where the energy has been brought to a zero point, when they calculate the power of it, the potential of it, and we're gonna, we're gonna end with this, the potential that is in the zero point field, it is equivalent to the center of our sun, the power, that's a lot of power, right? Would you agree with that? The power of that times one with 110 zeros behind it. That is the power of that zero point field. That is what God created day one when he said, let there be light. All that was missing from the zero point to take something from no matter to matter what needed to be inserted from a scientific level. So for matter to exist, what do I have to have? Energy. Everybody say it, energy. energy. So for something to be created, right now all around us is all the potential you will ever need for anything in your life. It's all around you. The power of it is the power of the sun times one and 110 zeros. That is the potential that you are surrounded with every single day of your life. That is the zero point field. That is the potential that God has given to every single one of us. And the difference between something materializing and not materializing is something called energy. If I put energy to it, it has to materialize. You see that, yes or no? Now, some of you, guys, I, I'm, some, of you, some of you are gonna need to take your notes home. You're gonna need to go back over it. And tonight when we start, I'm gonna do a small recap and then we're gonna build off of it. Now, some, like, this, this idea of you being able to create begins to hit a whole lot of demonic cows. Sacred cows that have been set in your life forever. Because you've been able to live in the life of luxury of being able to point the finger at God and saying, well, just must not have been God's will. They have proven now that 95% of your life, 95% of your life, your financial situation, your relational situation, your life as a whole, 95% of it is all a result of you. Your programming from the time when you were born that ends today if you learn this skill set. Things begin to radically change in your life today as, as, as from learning this. Because here's the law. Pastor Mary and I were talking about this. Gravity is the law, right? When God set creation in motion, this is a law. Every single day, what you're living right now is a result of what you have energized. And I know some of you are going, man, that sounds a little bit new agey. I'm sorry, they stole our stuff. They stole our stuff. God is the one who said in the beginning, let there, light, there, let there be light. They take it off and, oh, I live in my mystical crystals and my, no, look, I'm stealing it back. This is ours. People have been reading the secret, right? It's been the secret that's been passed on from generation to generation. That they have learned that by, by mentally stimulating things, they become successful. They get on the same frequency with it. And good, well-meaning Christians are doing this. 
oh, man, stay away from me. They stole our stuff. Proverbs says, as a man thinks, they stole our stuff. And Christians have been like, oh, well, if it be your will, God. And they're out there kicking our rear end in business and in finance and in everything else because they're not asking God to do anything. They're out creating it. They're using the laws that God set in motion. And they have learned it. Read Think and Grow Rich. Read it. It, All it is is all the biblical ideas that we're going to break apart tonight. People put that in place and became billionaires by using this exact idea. They simply brought energy to a, to a certain thing, and it materialized. I guess I really, I almost said I hate to pop your bubble, but I don't. I am popping it. I'm popping it. This idea that God is who I depend on for everything, and please hear me right, please hear me. Of course, everything, I live and I move and I have my being is because of him. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about doing is stepping into what God's asked us to do. Who has he made us to be? I can't no longer blame him for stuff. The devil's attacking me. Stop blaming the devil for everything. I'm under attack. No, you're supposed to be the one attacking. And this, guys, this has been some of the missing sequence that we have needed. How did God create? He started with light, and then what did he do? He added energy to it. What did he say? And let the earth bring forth, and what did it do? He spoke. Last verse, and we're going to stop. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. That is the faith chapter. You all know that. Verse 3. Is there, can you, I don't know if you all can put that on the screen. Hebrews 11. Thank you. Yeah, that's perfect. Hebrews 11, and we're going to do verse 3. Thank you. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by what? So that the things which are seen were not made of things which were what? Does it say that he made things out of things that didn't exist? He said he created everything out of which was just simply not visible. Do you see the difference? This light that he created that everything is permeated out of, you are surrounded by it, but your eye sees 3%. It's the potential of God that he has surrounded everything with. And tonight we walk through a very specific way and all of the components of how to energize, how to bring the energy to what it is that you want to see and experience in your life, and you're going to start seeing the difference of it. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Every day I get to learn more about God And what he has done for me, the more I love him. Listen to me. Jesus did not save you. He did not just save you to a position of, well, I'm going to heaven. I'm so grateful that heaven is our home. I'm so grateful for that. He didn't just save us to a place where we're able to love him as our father, that our sins are forgiven. That's fantastic. But he saved us. We are seated at the right hand positionally, that's where you're at. And here's the thing. So many of us have lived a life that's so far below what God has. We're being held in captive to lust. We're being held captive to to drugs or alcohol. We're being kept captive to fear. That's a huge one. I know as I was teaching this, a lot of you, man, you just started bumping into your fear. Uh, How can my life ever reach past any kind of potential? I mean, that's... How could I ever do that? Because you've been programmed from a young person to live in a very small box. And you were told you can't, you're not gonna amount to anything. 
You can't accomplish that. And God today sent me to speak to you, to say, yes, you can. You have settled inside your box for too long. And the creator of the heavens and the earth is calling out to you, come and join me in creation. Come and lock arms with me and let me teach you how I created so that you can then go and replicate that creation. And why is that? Because he loves you so much. You are not those words that were spoken to you as a youngster. Those words, those words were put in there by the enemy of your soul to keep you back from what God has wanted you to accomplish. That's who you are. That's who you are. God has asked you to come and step. I want every eye in here closed. I want you just to begin to pray in the spirit. For those of you that have your prayer language, just begin to pray quietly. I feel like God is calling some people home today. There's some of you that have walked outside of your relationship with the Lord and God's brought you to this place today to hear this talk because he has a powerful, powerful life for you. And here's what's happened is you've actually settled. You have actually settled for someone. You've settled for something instead of God's very best. You've settled. Some of you, you put your dreams on the side. Stop believing in the potential that God has in you because you've ran into some walls. You've ran into some obstacles. We're gonna talk about that tonight. If that's you, I want you just to slip your hand up and I want you to hold it up. Just lift it up, lift it up high. Just keep them up. For some of you, it's a return to faith in a relationship with God, but for you know a lot of you, it's a restoration of faith in who God's made you to be. I wanna keep those hands up because we're gonna pray together. We're gonna pray together. We're gonna ask the Lord just to come on in. Some of you are in your mind. I hear it right now. I hear it. <laughs> I hear it. And it's not funny, but I'm just laughing because the Lord just, just told me what some of y'all are, what's going on in you. I never thought at this age I would be at this position. I never thought I would be here. I never thought my life would look like this at this age. Never did I think I would be doing this with my life. I, as a young person, I promised myself I would not be that. And now here I am. And this is what I'm doing. Lift up your hands that that's you. God's calling you out because he is going to restore in you. He's restoring in you a faith of what he's called you to be and who he's called you to be in this hour. Why don't you guys come and join me? You that raised your hand, come and join me. Everybody else, if you were supposed to answer to that and didn't, just come on and join us. Come on and join us. It's a, it's, it's a lot of us. It's all right. This is the place to be very real, very real with the Lord. Because I'm telling you that by tonight, this changes. Tonight, everybody, this changes. For you that are ready to strap on being a student, we're going to walk through the specific process of the Lord teaching us how to create and begin to bring change in our life. There's some of you that have been so frustrated and the reason why you're frustrated is because you've actually been operating in this law and that's what's created the frustration. You've actually been operating in it. All I'm gonna do is show you how to do it, how to change the end result because it's a law. It's a law and all you've been doing is operating in the law of physics and you didn't even know it. It changes today. Let's raise up our hands. If you come up with husband and wife, I want you to raise, just hold hands together and I want you in unison around this. This is what we're gonna do right here, right now. If there's somebody else you're supposed to be up here, just come and join. Come on. He's sitting back there going, well, I don't know. I've tried everything. No, you haven't. Come on up. Join us. This changes today in your life in Jesus' name. I said it changes today in Jesus' name in your life. You will never, ever be the same again from this day forward. You will never be the same again in Jesus' name. So with your hands lifted, this is the first thing I want you to do. I want you to give to him every failure, 
everything in your past, every circumstance, everything of when you sensed some, that failed or this didn't work out the way I wanted it to or that relationship didn't work out or this or that, and I want you right now to give it to him. That's it. Lord, I give you every single mistake in my past, everything that has led up to this day right here as I'm standing in this congregation I give you everything, every past failure, everything where I felt like things are not working for me, where I never in my life thought I would be in this situation, and the hopelessness and the fear, I give it all to you right now in Jesus' name. I lay it at your feet, Father. Oh, this is when you embrace your Father. This is exactly where you embrace your Father. Lord, you forgive for everything that has ever happened. I ask for forgiveness in the areas where I have not been aligning my thoughts with your thoughts, my words with your words. I lay it all down right now at your feet in Jesus' name. I lay it all down before you. Everything, every mistake, everything, every past, every part of the past. That defeat, that loss didn't work out the way I thought it was. Lord, I just feel like I'm caught in a trap of stupidity. I just make one dumb mistake after the other, and I just, I, I, how do I break this stupidity? I heard it, I heard it, I heard it, I heard it. How do I break this? And I don't want to step out of this because I don't know anything else. I don't know anything else. How do I break these stupid, stupid things I keep doing? This trap of stupidity, how? Today, it stops. I said today, it stops in Jesus' name. This service, this service is a monument of a 20-year anniversary. That everything, guys, a year ago, this church started a different direction and a different course, and you are part of that. Your course changes today in Jesus' name. And this is not some hope so, maybe so crud. This is, you're going to walk out with the how-tos that this stuff stops in your life. In Jesus' name. But lock, lock eyes with me, everybody. Lock eyes with me. It's got to start, guys. It has to start with you letting everything in the past go. It's all gone. Did you lay it down? Yes. It, you know what? Every one of us make mistakes. We walk away. We let things go. We hit the obstacle. We know we, <laughs> we, we start to lose that weight, and we end up grabbing a Twinkie and putting it back on, and we get frustrated, and... We, we get frustrated with not seeing results and so we just throw in the towel and then we pick it back up again and all of that, guys, all of that, it's given to him now. Your life is different from this day forward. It's not the same. And you're gonna walk out with the information and the how-to. You know what has motivated me? What has motivated me for the countless hours of study and prayer and research on this? I grew up in church. God changed my life that morning when I asked him to show me where I was missing it. And I have walked out the results of it in a way that I sometimes have to pinch myself. Just like, wow. I've even had people say, you know how they said, is it anything good could come out of Nazareth? I've had people say, you ever think a farm boy from Colorado would ever be doing what you're doing? Listen, I've walked out the fruit of it, but I have been watching, I have watched as believers are taught faith, they, they begin to mentally assent to the, the idea that God has something better for me, but they're, ne they're not breaking through into it. And so I have given myself to like pull and study and dig up all of this stuff, this never-ending search for the answers that I have seen missing from the time I heard my first sermon as a little boy in church to today, to watch people as a man of God is standing up and telling them, guys, God has intended you for greatness, and they're standing there waving their hands, and God's showing me that they're broke, shouting at the pastor, come on, pastor, broke, and I can't take that anymore, I'm done with that, Jesus showed me how to walk out of that mess. And everyone that I have gotten to follow me, their lives have completely changed. Every one of them. And it's time for you. But you have to first start with the realization, I am a creator. Now lift your hands. You just laid down everything of your past before the Lord. All the mistakes that you've made, the failures, the sin. Listen. Listen, young ladies, all of that stuff you got caught up in, it's all gone. 
you just gave it to the Lord. You are his righteousness. You are his queen. You are that to the Lord. That's who you are. Young men, you have not, all that stuff and pornography and all the crud that you got up in, that is over in Jesus' name now. It is your time to step into being the God that God's created you to be. You have thrown your last day of destiny to the devil away. Your last one. And right here, right now is the time. It's over now. Lord, hands lifted. Lord, I accept what you say about me. Come on, all the church. Lord, I accept what you say about me. I accept that I am a creator just like you. Say it again. I accept I'm a creator just like you. My days of not creating what I want to see happen and creating the things I don't want to see happen are over today. I accept, Father, who you call me. I am a creator. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So tonight, so tonight you need to come. You need to come with your, your notebook. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to have a whiteboard up here. And we're going to be classroom session, walking through a creation sequence. How do I follow what my father taught me to do? We're going to go into the anatomy of a creation farther along. So we got to see a little bit of, the, of, of we got to, you got to see a little bit of it, but we're going to build on that tonight. But I promise you by the time you walk out of that door, you're going to have in hand the way your father created and how you're going to begin to do the exact same thing in your life.